This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? I don't know how to come in from that. <laughs> that was set the bar high. That was such high drama. Uh, hello, everybody. You are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila, and Arvin. And today we are going to be reviewing, I'm quite excited actually to review this, uh, Pony and Selvin. One or PS1, otherwise stylized in a number of other ways, but that's the title. Yeah, if you're one of the cool kids, then you say PS1. I, I tried. I got there. In <laughs> you the did, end, you I did. did. Um, worth saying, if you don't know anything about Pony and Sylvan, it holds a huge place when it comes to Tamil literature um, and now Tamil cinema, I guess. Um, and I think knowing this will help frame how you watch the movie because it's basically a five novel adaptation, a five novel story, um, which was in itself a serialized novel that came out um, over a course of years. And now it's been made into two movies. And I say that because you need to know that you're going to go in and there's so much detail and so much information. And then if you're not a Tamil speaker, you have the added challenge of struggling with what people are saying. But if you're willing to like brave all of that... Um, I loved this. I loved watching this in the cinema. I went twice. I would highly recommend it. I mean, even if you are like a, a Tamil speaker, it, you still have to depend a lot on subtitles. So I did. I did at least, even though I understand the language. It's so, um, it's so, what do you call it? Classic? It's classical, uh, right? It's classical uh, uh, Tamil, right? So you have to look at the, the, the subtitles to get all the details. Um, this is one of those movies that I appreciated more than I enjoyed. I think like I appreciate the the size, the scope, the scale of the whole thing. I appreciate the acting. Um, I love that director uh, Mani Ratnam gathered a stacked cast of some actors that I really liked. Um, some older actors, some new actors, younger actors. Um, and, I, and I love seeing it in IMAX. Like the cinematography is amazing. The visuals are amazing. Uh, just seeing all that put on such a, a large screen uh, was an experience. So I, I liked all of that. Um, I will say, though, that I, I liked the second half of the movie a lot more than the first half. I can't say that I enjoyed the first half because it was just like the build-up and the foundation of getting to the second half where the story picked up a lot more for me. Um, I feel it could have been... I'm not, I'm not saying it should have been a shorter movie, but I feel like it could have been a, a, a shorter story, if that makes sense. I think it could have been paced differently. Um, and I'm speaking as somebody who's coming into this very fresh. So... 
Um, what I will say is that Sharmila warned me before going in, if you can try to let go of understanding, of you know being very invested mm. in, in understanding every single thing, then you're going to have a better time. Unfortunately, that is not the type of viewer that I traditionally <laughs> have been. Like, um, And particularly for movies that are in languages other than English, uh, other than in English, Malay and Chinese, basically the languages I speak, um, then... It gets really complex because I'm paying extra attention in order to make sure I actually get everything. And I struggled. I, I really liked this movie. Um, I loved the spectacle of it. I, I loved the scope and the style of the storytelling. I appreciated that it was really trying to be uh, very grand and yet also somewhat grounded in terms of its battle sequences, in terms of its wartime strategy. I loved that. Um, and yet I, I did struggle. Can I ask, does everyone think that the opening sequence happens far too quickly when they're like, there is a king. He has three children. This is happening. But also mm-hmm. there's a comet. Also there's a warring kingdom. Also there's this. And then bam, you're in a fight sequence. And I was like, I can't read that quickly. What so is it's, it's that ironic. Whole time, that whole time I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah please. Just, like, just goes on. Even and this is meant to be the part that helps you understand what's happening. That's what I mean. I was still stuck on the animals were treated by veterinarians, which is the thing that comes up at the start. I didn't even finish reading that. That. And then they were like, ta-da, there is a king, there is a this. And I was like, all right. So I will say that it took me about 45 minutes, I think, to understand who was who and also to get a decent sense of who is evil and who isn't. Because there is an awful lot of um, sleight of hand or this person isn't who they say they are. And then also they'll call them by a different name, FYI. So again. everyone has... A very long name and then are named a few different things and are called a few mm-hmm. different things. Different people call them different things. Yes. Those different people also have different names. So <laughs> it's like, it's a lot. Um, but the the story is also, uh, it, you know, on the one hand, very simple, on the other, very complex, right? Because it's basically taking place where at a time where a kingdom, a Cho- the Chola kingdom, finds itself vulnerable to attacks. Um, it is itself trying to expand uh, and hold on to its territories. But the kingdom that it took over, um, or the dynasty that it took over, is now trying to return. Um, there is a prince who sends a friend and a messenger back to the palace to try and warn them of this happening. And that sets off a whole chain of events of everybody backstabbing everybody. Yes. And, you know, I think largely what I did like about the film, and, and I think I'm also watching Ponin Selvan um, while alongside it, watching House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. So there's a lot to do with this power struggle and um, who gets the throne going on in the background. And I loved watching that play out within this um, Indian Tamil empire setup, right? The other thing is that unlike some of these stories, I I almost feel like the who's good and who's evil is not even really um, the point. I knew story. you were going to say that. Right. I'm not sure either, because to be fair, I've not read the, the books. Um, but it almost feels like, because everyone has an agenda, a lot of it is a little bit um, murky, I think maybe purposely so, uh, but I didn't mind. I like the first half better, to be honest, Arvin, and I think that's because the mm. second half gets very action heavy. Um, some stuff looks great, but it's also like action, 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 and then like 20 different people with 50 different plans to bring down 60 different people. Who's doing what? Where else the first half... Across like three countries. Across three countries, right? Where else the first half, um, the reason I enjoyed it more was because it was a lot more about how people were sort of like behaving around each other and sort of one-upping each other, making plans and scheming. Um, 
so I think which half you enjoy might really depend on what you enjoy in these kinds of stories. But overall, I think the the care with which all of this was made, um, the performances helps a lot. And I still give everyone the same advice. If you cannot sweat the small details, um, and if you didn't figure out what one guy did at that point in time, or that people that you thought were the same actor were actually two different people, um, you'll be fine. Like, if you didn't understand it, it's okay. You can Wikipedia it later. But but those small details uh, is, uh, you know, for better or worse for the movie, right? It, it really works both ways in the movie's favor or against the movie, depending on uh, who you are. Because one thing that I love um, is that this isn't a, a movie that you can watch lazily. Like it isn't mm. like a casual Saturday or Sunday movie. You can't just go in um, wanting to turn your brain off because it asks a lot from the audience. Like it's asking you to remember, uh, like you said, like faces, characters, plot lines, dynasties, different dynasties, different countries. And then like how each of them relate to one another and, and who is who to who. Um, and if you miss like one of those things and you can't remember one of those names, um, then everything sort of collapses. You you lose yourself in the story because it's moving at like breakneck speed. It doesn't wait for you. Um, it's continuously giving you different exposition, new people, new faces showing up. So I don't know. Um, for me, I love that it does so much and there's so much attention to detail and it's creating such a deep and rich mythology. I'm sure the people who've read the books appreciate that as well. Um, for me, it was... Um, this could work if I was paying 110% of my focus and attention. But if I'm not, like if I'm burnt out after work or if I'm going for like a night show, um, I, I would lose like a good 50% of the story just not being there. Even if you're paying close attention, uh, two hours 45 is a long time mm. to, to really kind of stick to it and try and mm. figure mm. things out. I think um, one of my favourite things about this, uh, to follow on from what you said, Arvin, is that I wanted to read a translation after I came out. I, I found myself thinking, gosh, I wish I knew who this person was supposed to be. And I feel like if I read the book, I would have a deeper understanding um, of, of what, what it is that they're aiming to do. Because um, while I agree that there's been a lot of care and love put into it and a lot of uh, paying attention to detail, I think that is the stuff that really cuts both ways. Because if you don't know what detail you're, you're supposed to look out for, when a person is introduced with what I assume is an Easter egg for the readers, <laughs> you know, what I assume is something that people who understand um, the books or he, who even understand the, the pun or the joke of someone's name would get. Because there's like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and I'm sitting there going, hmm. <laughs> okay okay all right let's you know come on where are we going the market like I'll, I'll follow I don't know um and so but I came out thinking gosh I wish I could read this book um and I think that it would leave me with an even deeper understanding of the film I think for me um so I'm a big Mani Ratnam fan uh I've watched practically everything he's made and this is not his typical style right he makes these intimate very um you know character driven relationship driven stories so to make something this epic and on this scale is actually quite a departure in form for him and this might actually be the first time that I fully saw the value of having a director who makes intimate character-driven stories taking that skill to this scale. And I appreciated it so much. And I think that, for me, more than anything else, was what um, kept me invested. I loved that, on the one hand, you get these these stunningly staged scenes, a ship battle, and then the camera kind of pulls away and you get this aerial shot of all the bodies strewn across the beach. Just amazing to look at. 
And then on the other hand, you get these deeply intimate scenes between brother and sister or a husband and wife where the wife just moves her hair and asks the husband to take a necklace off. And that speaks volumes, right? Um, I love that the movie plays around with this scale, yes, but also intimacy. Um, so when Unspoken I, intimacy. Unspoken intimacy, the way people look at each other. Um, there are so many things about this that I felt like having a director like Mani Ratnam helped so much that even, even if I struggled with how fast some things went, even if I struggled with, um, oh, maybe this could actually have just been four movies, um, or maybe you needed to cut out a whole storyline for this to work better. Um, those things, I think the surprise of those things kept me going. Yeah, because at the same time, right, like even though it's not so much his style, um, I honestly don't think anyone else could have made this happen. And other people have tried to make this happen. Um, they said this movie is like seven decades in the making, like mm. so many different filmmakers have tried to bring this to the big screen. Um, my biggest worry when it comes to period pieces like this or big blockbusters, whether it's, it's Hollywood or any other film industry, is that it can easily look cheap. Um, and this movie doesn't look cheap. It, it's so tactile. Like you can see that they use like uh, the armor looks. Oh, heavy, tactile uh, is such a good word. Like you can so you can tactile. feel the stones of the fort that they're in. I love it. Mm. The 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 bricks. I mean the set pieces, the armor that they're wearing. It's so um it's so used. Like it looks naturally used and not like it was made specifically for this show. Uh, it actually reminds me of some like you know classic war epics or older older um movies not just not just like uh, tamil movies but even like south indian war epics from a long time ago like black and white movies or like sivaji ganesan movies um and i think it's because of his age he's a he's an old director he's been around for a long time so he brought those aesthetics and that that knowledge to this um i honestly don't think anyone else could have pulled this off we're talking today about Pony and Selvan 1 or PS1, uh, directed, as we've just been talking about, by Mani Ratnam, starring just a really, really, really stacked cast, which we'll talk about after this. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Have you watched it yet? Do you plan to? Did you read the book? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Bruce Freddie Morrissey, BFM 89.9. PFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we are reviewing PS1 or Pony and Selvan 1, uh, directed by Mani Ratnam and starring, among others, uh, Vikram, Aishwarya Rai, uh, Karthi, Trisha, just a lot, a lot of people. Let's talk about them because um, I, I think without, for me personally, spectacle aside, um, the beauty of the set aside, which we've spoken about, if I couldn't hang on to the performances, I think I would have been cast even further adrift after the opening sequence than I was already. Oh, the performances were great. Uh, you named some of the heavy hitters, but, you know, every role, I think, had a name that if you're familiar with Tamil cinema, right? Prakash Raj or Sarath Kumar or Karthi, Jayam Ravi, there were just so many names um, in this and everyone did a great job. I think that's what I loved. Every character felt 
perfectly cast and then they delivered just exactly what that role deserved. Um, I just wanted to name some personal favorites. Aishwarya Rai was great in a role that even till the end, you're still trying to figure out. But mm-hmm. I really, my whole heart in this film belongs to Karthi. Um, I love him. He plays. I love so him. So he plays the messenger you referred to earlier, right? So the prince, um, the prince's friend, whom he sends along to sort of send a bunch of messages and and I think almost act like a spy in some way. And is he a warrior that has killed 50 or a thousand or a hundred? Who knows? But he loves the women. (laughs) Um, He's so charming. He's so caddish. um, And he gets to execute this whole scene that really reminded me of Aladdin and and him running through the market. Um, I love him so much. And maybe that's also why I love the first half, because the first half is so much about Karthi. Hmm. I I loved. Um. I don't know. I just love seeing so many familiar faces play in the same playground. Like you've never seen. Like some of these faces, you've never seen them in the same movie, or you might have seen like two or three of them in the same film, but they've never interacted with the other actors. So to see so many heavyweights come together and do what they do best was very very nice. Um. My tiny issue with that was that all of them are doing their best. And sometimes when they're doing their best, they're not acting in the same movie. Like Vikram's doing a completely different thing on a completely different There's a reason they kept him separate. Okay, <laughs> I, I really struggled. I, I have to say, I know, I get I get that he's a superstar. I think that this is one of the fun things also of watching uh, movies outside your cultural wheelhouse because you don't have the baggage of the, the actor's persona or, or stardom, right, informing how you view them. Mm. So I was like, this guy is really going, you know, like like just thrusting his hands into the earth, pulling up chunks of scenery and like throwing them down his throat and just chewing it. It's like so much scenery chewing. I loved it. But, you know, I was like, which movie are we in? What's happening? I also think we haven't seen... Actually, that's part of the thing. You finish the movie and suddenly you realise... Actually, was Vikram only there for like 20 minutes? Actually, did I only see Aishwarya Rai for like three scenes? Um, because the movie is like that. It actually shifts so fast and from so many things. Jayam Ravi really only appears on screen halfway through the movie. So there are things with the film that sometimes you feel like the pacing and whatever impacts how you attach yourself to certain characters. I love Vikram, but then I love him in most things. Nobody else could have played this role and actually not seemed kind of annoying, but he did it. Um, So I was quite happy with that. Uh, 100% agree that the performances sell and sail you through some of the more tougher things in the film. Oh, no, I, I love what uh, Vikram was doing. I'm just saying that he is he is clearly trying to outperform everyone else that he's acting with. <laughs> he's outperforming um, the scenery. But, he's just really kind yeah, of going yeah. for it. Just going for it, like 110%. Um, I've seen some reviews online uh, critiquing the CGI work, uh, comparing it to some other bigger blockbusters or Hollywood blockbusters, which I think is always kind of unfair. Like there's no film industry in the world that has the kind of talent or technology or just the money that Hollywood studios have. So I I don't think you you can compare like an apples and oranges kind of thing. And this movie was made with 75 million US dollars, which is a huge budget, but not Hollywood huge budget, you know. Um, what I will complain about, though, is the audio and the mixing, which is which has always been a problem, I think, for big blockbuster South Indian cinema. Like the, the ADR is weird. The mixing is weird. Uh, the lip syncing is bad sometimes. Like you can clearly see they are not saying what they are saying. Um, some of the voices are so overly edited and, and done that it doesn't sound human anymore. They sound kind of electronic um, and so bassy. So I don't know. It's a... Like you can clearly see this was mixed in a studio and wasn't done 
on location, which is, you know, similar to a lot of other movies, but at least in other movies, you can't tell. Um, watching this in IMAX, especially, it was it was kind of jarring. Like the, the voices and the, the sound didn't mix properly at all. Like it was loud, it was soft um, all over the place. So if people on YouTube can do it, I think a 75 million US dollar movie should be able to mix the audio better. I'm just saying. I get that. Uh, I think that it's especially jarring because a lot of the... A lot of the film, as we've established, looks really good. Even when the pacing mm. is slowing down and stuff, you're you're still looking at the screen and thinking, you know, um, I'm not sure why we're taking so long with the scene, but it's allowing me to look at this and it's beautiful. Um, I relate it to the sound, but not a complaint. Can we talk about the music? Because I, I just thought that the musical sequences um, were such tremendous highlights for me. Um, they... they that exactly that point about intimacy, actually, Sharmila, mm. that you pointed out, um, because they're shot with an eye for the for the spectacle and the view and to really kind of glorify the the group movements that, that you see. But at the same time, it comes in on people's expressions. It comes in on the movement of the hands. Um, there were there was one particular sequence which introduces the princess, which I thought was just the one of the most beautiful things I've seen on screen. I love that scene. Um, I, I've tried to go and watch it on YouTube several times since I've watched the movie. It's so beautifully done. The music's by A.R. Rahman. To be fair, when I listened to the music before I watched the movie, I was just kind of meh about it. But watching it, in listening to the score especially and listening to the way the songs are used within the film helps a lot. This isn't some of his best work, but I think it's some of his best work in terms of matching the material to what you're seeing on, on screen. Because it works as a score much better than it does as individual songs. Um, the sequence that you talked about, um, actually most of the scenes that involve uh, introducing Karthi to, um, to, I think it was the Chola Lands, for instance, they're so... This is where the Mani Ratnam touch really comes across, right? And it looks, there's so much love for what's being shown. Um, I, I loved, I loved the musical sequences. They were so good. I mean, the choreography and just the colours, the colours just pop um, and just the sheer number of people, like actual people, not CGI people, but actual <laughs> people that are in a scene being choreographed to do something. It's amazing, right? The scope of the movie is amazing, um, which is why there is an argument. And a lot of people have said that this should have been um, a Netflix show, or maybe not Netflix, but an Amazon Prime show because it's more popular in India, right? So an Amazon Prime series so that they could have gone into all the details and, and the, the nuance and could have given, um, could have adapted the books in a better way. Um, I'm I'm saying like solid no, like this is a big screen movie, like that choreography, those dance sequences, the musical sequences, there's no way you can watch any of that on a small screen and appreciate it. Like it has to be blown up. It has to be loud. Um, it's a cinema movie. If, if I had to pick like top 10 cinema movies this year, this is squarely like in the top five. Oh, completely agree. I wouldn't want to watch this on a small screen. I 100% IMAX um, cinema for sure. Hard agree. Prepare for confusion. I mean, prepare to be swept away. Mm. Confused first and then swept away. And I think if you prepare yourself for that and if you're okay with that, then this is such a great watch. Uh, we're talking today about PS1 or Pony and Selvan 1, directed by Mani Ratnam. Let us know if you've watched it, if you plan to. Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at PFM Radio. been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.